Toad House Bewitchery Podcast. I like to think of us all sitting together on a porch on a summer evening, but an evening that still cools off. Summery, but with like just a gentle cooling breeze in the air, which is not the life I'm living right now in this heat wave where I'm at and it not cooling off in the evening, not cooling off in the night, but here we are and it's a lovely vision, especially right now. I have been busy being not busy, which is unfortunate for me and my brain type. I don't get on well with being busy, not being busy. But within that, I'm finding things to do. I have some candle work going for a few people. I have blackberry leaves still processing. You probably saw on Toad House Bewitchery the leaves that I first process. So now it's two, three times a week. A new pouch of leaves will arrive on the counter, ready for fermentation and then drying. And the family has stopped asking about them, as is what typically happens with things that I do. They eventually go, yep, that's what she's doing now. I finally got my jars, and I was able, not just the jars, but the um, the oil, I was able to create my oil blends, the Clarity one, and the Psychic Vision one. I remain not a good perfumer, definitely not talented in that area, however, what I did come up with for both blends I'm happy with and I think they will prove effective for me so very pleased and a little goes a long way so I shouldn't have to blend those two up for some time let's see um I would say of the week the most exciting thing was my zombie wasp I'm currently collecting dead wasp. Don't ask unless you want me to tell you. Um, but I, I am in collection of those. My family knows that. I was told, hey, guess what? I found a dead wasp. I said, great. Let me step outside and grab that from you. And I did. I took in a very drowned, very seemingly dead wasp and I popped it into a very small like spice sized jar with no lid on it just so that I you know I could bag it later after it dried out and the day goes on and the night goes on and the early a.m. hits and it's time for me to stop procrastinating and do things like dinner dishes And that is when I noticed the 
dead wasp was not dead. It was so not dead. And the lid did not, was not on there. There was no lid on that jar. I don't know why it revived. I don't know how it stayed in the jar. Although I am thankful that it did and was not flying around my house. I was able to slap a lid on, take it outside, open the jar, leave it. I haven't checked on it today to see whether it made it out, but it was the most excitement that I could possibly be having right now at 1 a.m. So my little zombie wasp and its tale has been told. I had for us today a moving candle spell topic that is now being saved for another time. As the weeks have gone on between the last podcast and this one, and I've worked with pulling herbs for oils and bagging different herbs for my own storage and meeting new plants in the yard, I felt the urge to switch topics to working with herbs. And I know that sounds so dull. Oh good, we're back at herbs. Haven't we all heard enough? No, we haven't. Because I want us to think about developing a relationship with the plants and even the objects, but Think of that on the periphery, because we are talking about things that grow specifically today. The plants, things that grow, that we use in our magical practice. As we talk about developing these important relationships, there are many ways to go about it, and it's, it's actually a convergence of things. In developing these relationships, you have, and especially new people, people new to uh, this craft, people new to this their personal practice, your educational foundation is part of the relationship because this is the knowledge that you have going into something. So you may have read in a book, I hope, um, about a specific herb and you probably common probably a common herb like a herb or spice from a kitchen cabinet and you go into your practice with these ideas from what you've read I hope anyway that you do and then there's the intuitive part then the being open to hearing or feeling sensing this plant, this root, this herb, the flower, the leaf, whatever you're working with, being able to hear, feel, and sense what it is about. Perhaps spending time in a meditative state with this ingredient and developing a 
relationship and a, and a deeper knowledge through that. And then there's your practice. Your use of that particular thing and how it worked for you. It's a convergence of those. It's this mix of the education and the intuition and the practice that deepens your relationship with the plants that you're using. It's about knowing what each herb, root, plant does for you. Basil is said by so many and reputable sources too that it is used for love work. And for me, it is a hundred thousand kajillion percent not used for love work. In my practice, basil is never a love herb. It's, we don't have that relationship. That is not how basil works for me. So it will never be in my work for anybody that I'm doing work for that's working on their love life. It's not happening. For me, the aspect of basil that connects is it's lifting of negativity. It's banishing of nastiness. It's removal of tension from an, a room, from a house, from an atmosphere, and from, a, from the body itself, um, and from emotions. It's therapeutic in that way. It can be physically releasing in that way. And I'll, I'll share a little little mixture for you in a moment. Um, but my personal relationship with basil is that. And for me, it's very strong in that way where if it's listed somewhere, it's going to be listed as a love herb first. And that is what I wish for everyone listening today is for them to find herbs that they have a special and specific relationship with where you know that you call upon that specific plant for this specific thing because that is the working relationship that you have together. Now the basil, um, witch hazel and basil together, if you allow, like get a small apothecary jar or, or a little dripper um, or, or an empty clean spice jar and you put basil, dried basil and witch hazel and you can take a cotton ball and just gently go over areas of the shoulders, the neck and the tension relief is quite profound. So if you're storing pent up negativity and stressors within your body, I have found that that melts it away, pulls it out. And then a gentle massage with specific oils afterward, well, even if it's like day or two after to put new intent into those muscles really is, 
is is quite nice. So I'm just tossing that out there for anyone wishing to give that a shot. Witch hazel and basil. I know exactly what I can go to the cabinet for, and this is just basic spices, but also my special stuff in the special cabinet, the non the non kitchen one. Um, I know automatically what to grab. And the reason for that is education, intuition, and practice. And everyone listening may be in a different place in their journey here. And you may be pulling from different parts of that. But do work at learning about as many different herbs as you can and start with the most accessible things that you can you have because those are the easiest things to get a hold of and sense and feel and experience and get to know in not just a textbook way so start there you'll want to make sure that you sort out good information from bad information so use multiple sources when learning about different herbs and especially new ones I like to go as deep as possible and I'm getting to a place where some things are harder to find which I enjoy my my brain set likes that um but if you can find the planetary attributes of that plant, it can tell you quite a bit about the energy of that plant beyond a few code words that may be written somewhere. So the further you dig, the more information you'll get from text. And then Again, there's the information that you'll get from experiencing using. I mean, that is how I learned the basils. And oh no, I just don't work with that for love. It just, to me, does not. And I know exactly what cinnamon will do for me. And it may or may not be exactly the same as what it will do for you. It is a very personal relationship when we work with these plants, when we work with any full part of it, the root, the leaf, the flower, the stem, we're calling upon, we're working with a specific energy that is specific to that plant. And just as there's different people walking around and we may enjoy the company of certain people more than the company of others and we may just have things work great and we hit it off with some people not others it's the same for this other world of energy everybody can swear by a specific herb or a specific crystal or what have you a type of dirt even and it could just not be be that for you. So this personal relationship really does empower you because you know who to call upon. And that is what is going on 
when we make a jar, that is what is going on when we make a sachet, that is what is going on when we make a bath, that is what's going on when we're rolling a candle in herbs. We are calling upon the energy of what we're using. And when we foster a relationship by an understanding, the power of our work grows and it intensifies and we become more knowledgeable practitioners, which I hope would be the goal of the majority of us to be knowledgeable and well-practiced. So as we've mentioned, you may, if, if you are earlier in your practice, or if you're later along and haven't taken the time, re review those kitchen herbs and start to get to know them and then experiment with them on little things. And don't forget to write your outcomes down. And then the, the next step or or somewhat a place you're going to find yourself at some point is finding plants in the wild. And you're going to wonder, what is that? And what is that? I often will f see like my own yard this year. I've been like, who are you? And that's, do you hear that? Who are you? Not what are you? Not I wonder what that plant is, but who are you? Some people would say that you are referencing the spirit of that plant. Others would say we're speaking to the energy of it, but it's a, a mindset. Who are you? And then you begin your investigations of who you are. Now, if you're wild gathering, like you've gone on a walk, this, this is a wild area, this is a nature area, and you're wanting to know a plant, take pictures that you can investigate later. Ask, I'm very big on asking permission before taking. And you need to be open to the answer possibly being no. And then you just take your pictures and you move along. If the answer is yes, you will often tell, like you just notice that there is a leaf specifically or a flower specifically. It's a... It's a feeling for some. It's a very visual thing for others where they're like, they hone in visually and it's like, yes, it's that leaf. Um, sometimes it's a combo, but you get, oh yeah, okay. Not only is it yes, but I may, I am being accepted in taking this one part. So you want to be honorable in what you're doing. Um, you want to be intentional and you want to be tapped into um, the energy of it all. It, you want to use your intuition as you go about. And we don't want to over harvest, but as you're practicing, you're, who are you? And you're trying to figure out who they are. And you're taking a bit of this plant to investigate and begin developing a relationship with. And then after you've accumulated some information about this new plant, you may be choosing to go back to harvest more. Or perhaps you're walking through an area and you recognize a plant that you are already aware of. Please sustainably harvest. 
don't go hacking through and removing all because then we don't have any. It becomes gone. So be intentional, be aware, and be sustainable. It's very important. Working in your garden, you're fostering a different type of relationship than you are with something that's been processed and ends up in your kitchen or something you found wild. But you still are tapping into an energy or a spirit of that plant. And the the relationship is a bit more personal um, because you are part of the nurturing of that life. The asking, I, I personally feel the asking is somewhat different as this mutual understanding has grown over the development of this plant's time with you. So the relationship is definitely different and there's something that feels different in the asking. Um, not quite like a family with expectations and giving, but similar. Experience this for yourself. See, take note next time you're deciding to use something from the kitchen that was store-bought, something from your house that you have a relationship with, and something wild that you have discovered, found, and have a, a general relationship with. See if you can sense a difference. I'm not saying one is better than the other because they aren't, but they are different. And if you notice in yourself now, if you've done all those things, you've worked with wild and you've worked with processed and purchased, and that can even just be um, magical supplies you've purchased at a store or mail ordered. I'm going to include that in there as well. Stuff processed and purchased elsewhere. And then homegrown. If you think about each right now, if you closed your eyes and thought about each scenario right now, do they feel different? To me, they do, and very strongly so. Not better than the other, not one over the other, but the relationship does feel different. I'll leave it to you to sort through in your own intuitive senses for yourself if any feels different or better or worse for you. Now, there's the diversity or the palette of herbs and plant parts that you are working with. And how many do you need? I mean, you can pick up in an encyclopedia of magical herbs and there's a number in there. And do you need every herb in the book? No, of course not, and we all know that. Logic dictates it. But how many do you need? Well, there's some practitioners from the early 1900s that only worked with a handful of herbs their entire careers. And people went to them and found them to be quite powerful practitioners. 
So it's not about how many herbs you have on hand, but definitely about your relationship to them and your knowledge of them. Always start small and accessible. Purchase when you need to. And expand slowly. I may be preaching moderation, it seems. And at the same time, have quite an array of different things. So I do understand. I may sound hypocritical there. But what I'm really trying to say is do what works for you. And if you find that you need a larger assortment, then you have a larger assortment. But you do still want to figure out what your relationship is and with each herb that you're working with, each plant has its own vibration, and that's going to work differently for you. So the bigger the storehouse you have, and the more that work that you've done, the more you're going to grow an understanding of the subtle differences between each plant. And then the subtle difference each plant's energy has in working with yourself. And it, this will happen over time, and is nothing that can just happen overnight or be jumped into. You have to do it plant by plant. So I guess in the diversity of plants, you probably want at minimum everything that's in a traditional spice cabinet to start with. And then anything that piques your curiosity out in the world around you, and of course, anything that is called for in your work. There's no getting around certain requirements. If you are specifically needing, let's say, devil shoestring, you're going to need to get devil shoestring. If you're specifically needing thorns from a rose, you're going to really need that. Um, luckily, that's more easily obtainable. So in those cases, you're going to grow your knowledge and your diversity uh, by needing those things. So what we use will grow over time. There are limitations that come to us as we are working through our practice and um, money is one. We can't always have the financials to plop down cash for different herbs that we need. And that really is where that deeper relationship with the plants comes in handy because you can't just substitute. But if you have a good working relationship and you know, you know what this will work and you know that this one will kind of work and you know that this one will 
definitely work in substitute of something more obscure or something more expensive. That's where you really save yourself is in, in those substitutions. Because you can't always order it. You can't always go down and buy it. Availability, too. Things aren't always available all times of the year, which is why, you know, it's summer and I'm processing. And you all may be doing quite the same at the moment as summer will roll into fall and we're wanting to get a little storage base <laughs> for the rest of the year. So there are some limitations on what herbs we can get and that deeper knowledge certainly helps us with substitution. You're deepening relationships with what you're using. Again, comes from your willingness to learn across the board, your willingness to learn and be educated your willingness to learn and be open through intuition and your willingness to learn from your personal practice. Practice connecting. Keep a notebook if you can and dive in a little deeper with the plants in your lives. I'll leave with a great way to become connected with a new plant or become deeper connected with an herb you're used to working with or a root you're used to working with, but you want to know it better. But this is especially great for something new that you have identified. Let's put that out there as well. You need to have identified it because some plants are toxic to a certain extent to touch. You get a small pouch or you can sew a small pouch. It does not, like I'm talking small, it does not need to be large. I'm thinking, oh, how big would that be? I should have measured an inch, inch square-ish size pouch of what you're going to create, something you can keep in your pocket, something that you can tie around your neck. And you're going to take this plant, this herb, the root, the stick, the whatever, and you're going to put it inside the pouch that you can carry it with you and keep it with you for about a week. You want to basically have it on you, with you, within reach, um, connecting with and being open to this energy for about a week's time. Get under the pillow, write down your dreams, that kind of thing. And in this connection and this openness and asking, you know, in your quiet moments with this object, with this part of the plant, who are you? You know, what is our really working relationship together? How could we benefit each other? What are your attributes? Will you take me deeper? I'd like to learn about you. I'd like to know more. And being open and willing to sense and hear and feel 
you will quickly become more in tune with the energy of that particular plant. So that's my little parting gift as something to try in case you also happen to be without enough to do. (laughs) You can now deepen your relationship with an herb of your choosing with the seven-day pouch method. All right. Well, that ends the podcast for this week. Thank you to everyone who's listening. I hope you found something of interest. I hope that wherever you are in your journey, wherever you are in your knowledge base and your practice, you found something here today to ponder, something here today to grow from. If you need me, I'm over at Toad House Bewitchery on Instagram, not so much on Facebook. And if you are into getting your cards read, you can find me over at Toad House Tarot. And I accept questions and comments at both. So until next time, I wish you all grand works and success in all that you're doing. Bye now.